So I'll be honest. Uh, I haven't watched the the Dragon Prince on Netflix. Um, I am a big fan of uh, this tabletop company that uh, uh, put out uh, Cortex uh, Prime, the 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 other uh, the, the like the first book that they put out uh, for uh, under uh, Fandom Tabletop. So when they announced that they were doing a the Dragon Prince RPG called Tales of, of Zadia, I was super super excited to see what uh, what they were gonna what their next uh, next product line was gonna be. Uh, I got it in. Uh, I've looked it over most of it, and uh, I thought uh, let's let's kind of give a little bit of a deep dive. Uh, they're doing some really cool stuff that I love, like the with the digital impl implementation. I know I've mentioned that a few times uh, with uh, on on previous episodes. So yeah. This, today we're going to be talking about Tales of Zadia and why it's going to probably make you binge, binge watch Netflix if it uh, if you haven't already watched uh, The Dragon Prince. Wait, that's hey, not the. But that's not the. Yeah, not hey, the right one, intro. It, it is. Yes, this, it is for this one. Oh. Uh, hey everyone, welcome to Victory Condition Gaming. My name is Doug. Tonight on the show, we're talking about Tales of Zadia, the role-playing game, uh, the, the the newest uh, release from Fandom Tabletop. Super excited about this. Uh, I'm going to remind you that uh, if you are a fan of this RPG, hit that like button down below. Hit the you know if you haven't if you're coming across our content for the first time, hit that subscribe button. We'd love to have you as part of our uh, sub uh, subscriber community here on YouTube. Thank you so much. Uh, as always, we've got uh, if you're listening to the audio podcast, uh, you can join us every Monday night at 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, we do uh, all sorts of content on on Monday nights. We do sometimes we just do a random you know tabletop uh you know round table but uh, sometimes they're themed like this where we just kind of talk about uh, certain uh certain topics of uh, our products and we just kind of give our little like overview or, or uh initial thoughts reviews all that kind of stuff joining me on this panel tonight is ben higgins from quarterstaff games how we doing everybody from the artist illustrator Author of Age of Night, the webcomic, Amanda Call. It's me. Hello. Sorry, you threw me off because I normally get to do my dance and I didn't get it's to do good. my dance. It's all good. <laughs> and of course, our geek of the north, the one and only Jason Hunt. Hello. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Uh, so I have not watched the Dragon Prince uh, show on Netflix but after reading this this RPG book that uh, that we're going to show off and we're going to talk about tonight, I really really want to watch it. Like it has, looks... has anyone here other than me watched Dragon Prince? I have not. I, have not. I mean, um, last night I watched all of book one. Did you really? Yeah, it's so good. Bro. Research for the podcast, bro. You did your research. Yeah, it's I understood good. the assignment. It... <laughs> <laughs> like that. That's a TikTok thing, right? Right, that's, I don't know. Ask Ben. Ben, Ben's a TikToker. I see it. I see it all over the place. I can't TikTok. I'm failing so hard at TikTok oh, lately. Oh my god. It's okay. It's okay. It's a song, but yes, it's popular on TikTok. But yes, isn't it good, Jason? Isn't that a good show? You can really tell that it is by the people who did Avatar. You really oh, can. Oh, yes. it is. Okay. It is nice. Just nice. even it's without the, the they like they stole the they stole the whole chapter book title kind of deal from Avatar, which is fine, but. Instantly, the storytelling is Avatar, and it's engaging right from the get-go. 
Nice. Like they, these guys really have a lock on an engaging story without it being the usual tropey, pardon the language, but garbage that you get at a Saturday morning cartoon stuff. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's something it, that adults can probably enter, be entertained with. I as well as I kids. loved watching it with my kids. We watched the first season when it first came out, which was a couple of years ago now, um, and so they were even a couple of years younger than they are now. I want to say they were like five and seven when we watched it, and they enjoyed it thoroughly. There was nothing that was like some of it gets a little bit scary, but it's still like it's still like something they can handle yeah like it's it's scary because those are good like tension building moments in the story but it's yeah. nothing like there's there's nothing like uh explicit there's nothing gory or anything um <laughs> but it was really good and substantial for us to watch as adults with them it was a really and it was yeah. really entertaining and nice. the humor was actually like funny it wasn't like just yeah kidsy goofy stuff like some of it was goofy but it was still actually like fun yeah. for adults and actually that's part of Part of why I thought it was such a great choice for an RPG is because you have like a very serious, dramatic story going on in the background, but the yeah, characters it's not a are kid all story. No, but the characters <laughs> are all major goofballs. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's yeah, fun. It's, it's, ex it's extremely reminiscent of the Avatar crew. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very Fumbling their way to victory. Kind of, similar kind of thing where it's like big, important, dramatic storyline involving like a, a balance of power and political stuff and and all of this stuff. And also, we're just a bunch of dumb kids stumbling around <laughs> trying to figure out what to do. Yeah. See, and, and and I think that that is where Cortex really kind of shines it's really 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 narrative it's it's like i i think it it does like that whole like kind of cartoon you can i mean you can kind of mod it to pretty much whatever whatever genre you want but it really does that whole cartoony kind of like story aspect like i i love how it puts like this like the story first before everything else like it's not very combat heavy usually it's it really kind of makes you create like on the fly and, and and i know powered by the apocalypse does that but i think the cortex does that really well as well you know too and i think it does it really really well and that's one of the reasons why i was really excited about this game and i'll be honest now that i've seen tales of zadia I'm really excited for Legends of Grayskull because I think it's going to do that even better too. Like, so it makes me wish that 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 they're going to get more and more of these like like '80s kind of cartoony like shows that like I grew up with. Because I was about to fact, say we're going to refer to that as the Doug era now. Right, right. <laughs> that, 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 that I think you know, let's because let's face it, they were kind of goofy and and they were more story and and more than anything else, mm -hmm. they they weren't really all that uh, combat heavy. Uh, so I think that the, the I'm really excited to see what they do. I, I don't know. GI Joe had a lot of like lasers and stuff. Well, so. you didn't think yeah. he was combat heavy? They're shooting <laughs> and hacking at each other all the time. Yeah, I mean, they're completely incompetent really. at it. But... I mean, they are a little bit. But, not a little know. bit, Doug. Come on. It's not like serious combat though. He's like picking. <laughs> it's like true, it's yeah. like wrestling combat. You know, it's right. like they're doing. Oh, like, okay. You know, they're like <laughs> picking people up and like twirling them around and like throwing them. You know, which which <laughs> Cortex is perfect for that because we'll talk about the mechanics here in a little nice. bit. But uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm super excited about this, and uh, I, I want to do a whole show. We'll try to keep it under an hour and just kind of talk about about why I think. And and I know Ben, you you went and ordered a couple copies for your store. I did. 
purely on the Doug Shoot recommendation. Ooh, you you okay. came in. You came into the. You came into the chat, and you're like, "This is the best book I've seen in a long time." It's really okay. So I was a big. I'm a big fan of the Cortex handbook, like which, which, which I, which I carried Cortex due to your recommendation. Yep. It sold. It's doing well. It's so. it's it's a great if you are a game designer or you're thinking about creating your own RPG. It's an invaluable tool. Like I'm gonna tell you right now. Like, and I love the fact that what they do with these products is they give you the digital version along with the, uh -huh. the physical product. And it's not just a PDF copy. You get like an actual, and we'll, I'll show it on screen here in a little bit. We kind of showed it. It was kind of like what we did in the previous episode when when we talked about the Marvel Multiverse RPG, where it's where it's like the demiplane where you've got all these hyperlinks and you've got like these. It's amazing. Like I. I want more RPG publishers to do this type of format digitally because it's just phenomenal. There's a dice roller. It's just for the, yeah. I When you buy the physical product and you get that as an added bonus, it's just, Raises mm -hmm. the value way way he's off. Just, way he's off just devolving yeah. gestures and grunts. I can't say it enough. Uh, James says Cortex who, who has some nice online the audio. Tools. Doug was just waving his arms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. Right. I did my Muppet hands there for a while. <laughs> yeah. so. uh, James says Cortex has some nice online tools. It does, and and it's the same um, folks that did uh, D and D Beyond. It's like the same group of mm. folks, and and we mm -hmm. talked a little bit about how Wizards of the Coast just bought D and D Beyond, and it really kind of gave fandom tabletop this big influx of cash so i'm really excited to see what they're gonna do with uh with this lamborghinis <laughs> no they're probably not gonna buy we, we no, see, no. We see Porsche. Cam banks Porsche, no. <laughs> we see someone Cam banks. is gonna buy an expensive car i guarantee it <laughs> we see cam pulling up into a, at a con gaming convention in a, in a lamborghini no, 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 no. that's not it'll, gonna it'll be all decked out like in fandoms logos it'll be a sponsor car oh man <laughs> Like, like a write-off kind of thing. It's a write-off yeah. in that. In that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. At some point, I I'd feel like that on. would not go over great. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't do it either. I don't do it, either. But, it would be uh, funny at, as heck, though. At some point, I would love to have Cam on on this show and, and have him talk a little bit about uh, you know more of what they've got going on and and they're just uh, i think they're... i harass him on twitter frequently do you so... really well then he's probably not going to come on if you harass him on twitter. <laughs> I, do, I do pester the man because i'm going to tell you right he now asks Fan for it <laughs> phantom tabletop is doing some really cool stuff and mm -hmm. i am super soaked at what they're doing and i think that they're a company to watch over these next few years they're just going to be cranking out hit after and especially after this like this has me hyped for for what they've got coming up all right. So first, let's just get let's just get I mean, we've already talked 11 minutes and we haven't even shown off the product yet. So hey, let me, me. <laughs> let, 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 let me uh, let, let, let me show the, uh, the the actual physical book here. <laughs> we have a secondary elbow cam. We do. We do. You have a elbow you have cam. A, the hot seat cam where, where we kind of show show off our. Uh, <laughs> uh, so this is the actual physical book that, that I pre-ordered. And I, I, I guess I wasn't I mean. The Cortex handbook is nice. So I really didn't expect, I mean, I expected it to be a solid product. This is actually a really nice cover. Like, holy smoke, it's got that really nice, like, satin um, so matte finish. It's what the, I, I think what they call soft touch. Yes. In the, in the industry. 
it is really, really not like I expected it to be like like I don't know, glossy or something, but I love the feel of this this cover. And I don't know if it comes through, but it's got gold foil like on it as well. Ooh. Yeah, right. Yeah, I can see the I can see the gold foil. I can see it. Like that's a nice little touch. Shining. Like, I mean, it's it's not like super like pa-pom, you know, but it's subtle <laughs> and it's nice. You know. Where where was then, the pa-pow? And then you took took a look at the back. Look at the back. Like it even's got more it's got even more gold foil on the back. Now that's really that's surprising. Nice. Most companies tend to kind of ignore the back cover when it comes to special treatments or whatever, so Right, seeing see, seeing that on both sides is is that would drive cool. me nuts because I'd be trying to peel up that that piece that's blocking the other half of that logo. <laughs> so inside, uh, so I'm not going to show you. There's, I'm the, the one of the things. Like I said, the one great thing about this this physical product is inside the the cover is a code for the online tools, and I'm covering it up right now. Beautiful map on the inside cover, and then. Another beautiful map on the back. Very like, nice. Just some really nice touches on this. Like, look at, look at that. Like, that's really the pretty. Art is really. I mean, it's really beautifully laid out, and just yeah, just a really. I love all the art in it. I haven't seen the show, but just the art alone <laughs> makes me go, oh, you know what? This looks really cool. And this, I, this. This looks like it's art that was created for the book. These don't look like stills necessarily. No, from no, the show. no. So I, th I, I think one or two of them are, mm -hmm. but yeah, most not of many. it isn't. Yeah. Most of Good. it looks original. Yeah. That, yeah. That's great. Um, so I'll stop that uh, that overhead cam, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the hot seat cam. Yeah, we'll we'll stop the hot seat cam. Uh, so I was immediately I'm I'm super sold because because I get to look at the online tools because I pre-ordered it they they gave me the link for the online tools so I get to read through some, most of that before the book came in and then while I was at PAX East this arrived and I was like dang it it's arriving and I'm not gonna be able to actually take a look at it until like many days later and uh, finally got it in and, and I opened it up and I'm like dang this is even better than I thought uh, just like as a physical product um, so yeah I was really really surprised about that right out of the gate. Um, yeah, no, yeah, it's it's uh, it's good. Let's uh, let me. He's not show... even paying attention to the chat. He's just staring at the book, right? <laughs> <laughs> let me see here. This is drawing him in. This is so pretty. Yeah, it's it's really how good. Uh, about how many pages is it, Doug? Uh, I think it's it like a little over three hundred five. Yeah, there's, right. a, there's just there's, a tad chunky. Yeah, not it's a little bit chunk. bigger than the Cortex Handbook. Sure, um, and. And that's because it has like a lot of lore and world building. Like it's it's you know it, it's got a whole well, bunch of other stuff. That, I think uh, it also doubles as the whole. It's the whole game, right? It's it's the right, player yeah, stuff. You added. don't need yeah. anything else. So There's you're not the, buying a second book. It's just right. one book for right. that. Um, supposedly they're going to be putting out some like story books or you know kind of like campaign books or something. I think for it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I did. I did watch an interview with Cam. Was it yesterday or today? I can't remember. Um, the days just kind of blurred for me. Uh, but Cam said that they actually went and got the like the the canon Bible for the show and stuff that they haven't even put in the show yet. Mm. They're referencing in mm. this book, which yeah. is really cool. So I like the fact that this is kind of like a source book for the world. 
kind of mm. kind of like the way Alien is the Alien RPG. Right. If you're a big fan of the Alien RPG, you kind of want or the Alien the, those movies. You kind of want the Alien RPG. That's what this is for the Dragon Prince, which is really really kind of neat. Um, they also said he also said that that they work directly with the writers of the shows mm-hmm. of the show because they'll have certain questions that haven't come up. Right. Yeah. With this RPG, and they're like. Hey, how do we handle this? And the writers will be like, "Oh, okay. Well, we haven't addressed that, but this is what we would write. This is how we would write it in the show." And I think that's super, super cool. Yeah. Anyway, so that's that's neat. So yeah, the the book is uh, three hundred and five pages, I think, or just a little over. Uh, just really, really awesome. Now let's show you. I'm gonna boot this off of. I'm gonna boot my my the hot seat cam, and now I'm going to uh, I'm gonna bring on the uh, the Tales of Zadia. The just show you what what's also included with this, and I love 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 the digital implementation implementation of Cortex and with this Tales of Zadia. And the fact that they include this in with their physical product, so good. What is so that good. noise? That, that's me just going. That's that's I I put a a, a a hot pizza bite in my mouth. Right. I mean, <laughs> I'm blowing it off before I burn my tongue. It, I love the fact. And, and and here's the thing: like both the cortex. Uh, handbook and this tales of zadia thing like they were ready from the get-go like you Mm -hmm. got these like the same time you got the physical product so they're working on these at the same time which is just just awesome nice (laughs) jason asmr no (laughs) well we were all kind of just going (laughs) i mean the microphone for a second except for ben who's just like serious businessman there he's just like what are you guys doing you guys fools (laughs) i will not be pulled in Ben Ben Gaming Games uh, says uh, we just got to copy the art is fantastic. It really is like they they spared no expense with this. It's very pretty. <laughs> Jurassic <laughs> Park reference winning. Jason says Serenscape has nothing on this. Sirenscape? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um so yeah, let's take a look at this. So you get this along with uh the uh along with the the, the physical copy. Uh so let me see here. Oh, we don't want that. Like wanna... and I, I don't have the physical copy of this, but if you go to the Tales of Zadia page, like they have a ton of stuff that's like you yeah. can actually oh, read yeah. through yep. without buying it. So yep. there's a it, it's almost like yep. a try it before you buy it. Oh kind yeah, of yeah, they've got a rules climber. Like, let's yeah. let's actually put the banner up on screen so the folks can go to talesofzadia.com. Really? Right over my face. Right over Jason's yes. face. <laughs> right over cover, Talesofzadia.com. Cover Check this out. I'm going to tell you right now, you can download the rules primer. You can give it a try. I think it's really uh, a great system anyway. Uh, let's see here. Tales of Zadia, the role-playing game. So, of course, when when you have the, the digital product, it gives you the, the digital handbook. It has uh, the Welcome to Zadia, which is just kind of like, a, you know, kind of gives you the introduction on the world, gives you some, gives you the history uh world of magic so this 
Amanda, do you want to tell a little bit about the the history, the the, the setting? It's it's elves and humans, right? And elves and, and uh, control elves, elves and oh. humans and dragons. Oh, dragons and dragons are also a sentient race in this. Like they're okay. they're an important faction, and the elves are on their side. And Excellent. the humans aren't, for reasons I don't remember all of so, the finer points. So humans, but elves I... and humans are like. Not they're they're on opposite humans are kind of the numb nuts in this world, yeah, right? They're bad <laughs> things aren't, aren't they? Every every one, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I was trying to be nice about it, but so what what my takeaway was after reading uh the just just the lore on the, the history, just the, this chapter, uh, is that this world has magic, elves and dragons can use magic, humans can't tap into magic, but they can use dark magic. Where they, they like sacrifice? They can't do. They can't tap into magic unless unless they <laughs> yeah. sacrifice something that has magic. Uh, so, you know, or just just stuff like other right. living beings. <laughs> like it's actually right. fairly dark for a kids show. It really is. That's, like, that's where which, I was really surprised when I started watching it, and that's like the in the first episode for the intro. They're they're talking about all the various kinds of magic that everybody has access to. And then they mention that their humanity is basically, they're just Joe, Joe average human. And then they come up with this. Oh yeah. But humans, because they decided to do their own thing, came up with dark magic it's because magic. you just kill some stuff and then you have yeah, magic. Basically, it's yeah, yeah. It's, it's powered by the life force of whatever you decide to sacrifice to it. Yep. <laughs> so fine. yay. Don't worry about it. So it, it tells you a, a little bit about the world. The first chapter tells you a little bit about the world, humans, elves, dragons, primal sources of magic, you know, dark magic, the land of schism, which I guess is like the land, like actually has like this big canyon in it. And like the yep. elves put the humans yep. on one side and the elves are on the other because the they elves were like drove the to humans like, to the yeah. other side. <laughs> which <laughs> I basically was like, take cool. your stuff and get out. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, I, I, just the fact that like reading about this setting drew me into it. Like, goes, man, I, I definitely want to. I want to watch this show now. They um, do it so very well in the fact that they don't like the humans get are pushed off to the other side of the continent, but it's not a case of you know humans are downtrodden or disadvantaged or whatever. They basically the the elves just said, you know what, you guys go stay on your own half the room and don't bug us anymore because right. we don't like you. But you can live your own lives. You can do your own thing. Like, it's not just you know like a disaster for everybody. Yeah, I was I was also impressed with like how surprisingly like nuanced a lot of the like sides and political stuff in the story yeah. was. Where it was like, yeah, it turns out that sometimes in these big conflicts, nobody's right. Everybody's sure. wrong. Everybody they, did something they, wrong at yeah, some they, point. They talk about that a lot, actually. How it's like, you know what? Right. Yeah, they're here to get revenge. Well, you know, they kind of earned it. Right. Is getting revenge <laughs> right? No, mm. but we did do but something we, really bad. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that, that's and that's very fertile storytelling ground for RPGs too. So right, absolutely. Um, so yeah, so it goes goes over more of the the the, the setting, the the world itself. Um, it kind of gives you some of some of the the history. Um, I I kind of I kind of skipped over the Dragon Prince just because I want to kind of read a little bit more about 
I don't want to really read about that because I'm thinking that it's probably going to spoil some of the show for me. Yes, I don't it will. know. It will a little bit. Yeah, it will. Yeah. Okay. So we'll, we'll, I, I, I definitely skipped over that. And, and you'll find that there are certain, certain places where I, since I wanted to watch the show now, I did skip some of this, the, the, the lore just because I, I want to keep some of it a mystery for me. So that right. if, if you haven't watched the show, you, you might want to go watch it. The episodes are remarkably short, by the way. It's not like a 45 oh, really? okay. minute. They're 23 episodes. Yeah, or, sorry, 23. It's 23 minutes each. And there's only like yeah. 10 episodes, 12 mm-hmm. episodes per season. It's right. very, that's how like I, I was able to watch all of book one last night so yeah it's very easy to binge through if you if that's how you prefer to take in your media just, and if you if you don't then it's it's very bite-sized so it's easy to yeah. squeeze in you can watch two or three stuff. episodes or whatever yeah like yeah. watch two episodes before you go to work in the morning kind of thing yeah. <laughs> nice um so it kind of goes over the, the next chapter is a, a general cortex kind of intro, introduction chapter. Uh, it tells you, you know, the, basically the g- generic stuff about RPGs, what uh, dice the system uses and everything. And again, it has these hot links where you, you just click on them and it gives you the little it's definition. Little and, yeah. yeah. And like, they, use my, they use my favorite word. A narrator. Narrator, yeah. yes. Because and, and again, <laughs> again, this is this is a game where it's mostly story driven. So you do want to kind of use that as your your GM kind of kind of title. I, okay, okay, okay. I get it. I get it. But like everyone's just gonna refer to them as the GM and the NPCs, like not the narrator and no, NCs. No one's gonna call it NCs. Why are we, that is why are we reinventing that's the wheel? Them. That's what they here. call them in this in this book. They call them NCs, narrator characters. No, no one. I would literally, I would take do. a sharpie and be NPC in every instance of that, <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> just to spite them. Oh, <laughs> no one's gonna do that. So, I understand wanting to like make your rules like thematic and all of that stuff, but no one's gonna do that. Let's be real. Yeah. No one's gonna do that at the table. It's not gonna happen. <laughs> so with with Cortex, it uses polyhedral dice, but it only uses four the four four sided, six sided, eight sided, ten sided, and twelve sided. You probably want to bring at least three of each to to the table because Just it take uses all your twenty sided dice, dice and throw them out the window. You don't need a twenty sided die, which is okay. I like it. I like the fact. I like that. I, I mean, I've I, I've stated several times that I think D20s are way too much of a spread of numbers, yep. and they cause like some pretty like routine tasks to fail mm-hmm. in a lot of games that use D20s. So seeing it limited to just the D12, um, I, I I I like that a lot. I'd be interested in trying trying this. So the the way this system works is usually you have some sort of dice pool. You're always going to roll at least two die. And there's going to be you're going to add the two di- two dice up, and that's going to give you your your score. Uh, and then you're going to compare it against uh, you know the the narrator's target number or whatever. Um, so you might have a dice pool of four dice that are all different polyhedrals, but you're going to take probably the best two, or maybe you won't. Because there's also another uh, another aspect of this game where you have uh, a third die, which is called an effect die. And the effect die kind of tells you what, how great of a, a success you have. So if you have, a, a you know, say you've got three D6s and a D10 and you're, and you're, you got your two best results on the D6s, 
you can mm -hmm. use the d10 die as your effect die and you if you succeeded with your two d6 scores that, that you added together then the d10 becomes your effect die and it actually is a really great success because you use the d10 as your your effect die and not like a d6 or a d4 um so i, I really like that that aspect of of things too um that's actually where the system lost me a bit honestly when i was reading through it oh with the, with the effect die no just the variety of dice and the way you can scale it up and scale it down and then you you you're always going to be rolling at least three dice on average um, so you're going to roll your two dice, uh, or you're going to roll all three dice and you're going to pick your two best dice. And then mm -hmm. the, usually the, whatever's well, left or, over, usually, yeah, usually whatever's left over is your effect die, but, and then there's the decision-making process there. And then they throw in a target number system as well. So you're trying to beat a target when you roll and like, I like the narrative aspect of it, but I don't like the decision-making process and picking the dice being that convoluted. Because I feel like you're going to sit there for a good minute and a half deciding mm. what you want to use. Like, you're going to you're gonna pick your dice pool, you're going to roll your dice, and then you're going to stare at your dice for a minute and say, well, okay, so if I use these two dice, I beat the target, and then I could use that for my effect. Or if I use these two dice, I also beat the target, and then I could use that one for the effect. Right. And you're, 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 it's math. You're doing math, like, yeah, back but and forth a bit. But basically, you're only combining two numbers, which is which is fine. Well, like, I, usually, I feel like that's... but there's lots of instances where you're rolling three to five dice. Right. So then you're going to be like the more the more every time you add another die to that, that's extended decision making time you're going to be looking at. But the other thing that I love about this game is, um, and we'll talk about this here in just a second. Uh, of course, you've got traits. Uh, your your characters have traits and uh, and and uh, die ratings. So. Basically, you've, you've got attributes, which are agility, awareness, influence, intellect, strength, spirit, and strength. You've got values, and you've got distinctions. Basically, your dice pool is good. You're going to take one attribute, one value, and one distinction. All of them are going to have some sort of die rating to them. can be anywhere between a D4 to a D12. Uh, most of the time, it's going to be probably somewhere between the D6 and D10. Um, mm -hmm. You're going to roll those, and that's going to be what your, your die pool is. You might have other things that, that might come into play as well. But most of the time, those are the three things that, that you're looking for. Um, again, you can step, like Jason said, there are certain things that you can step up and step down a die. So if you want to step up a D, uh, by one, uh, you go from a D4 to a D6. Yeah. If you want to step up two, you go from D8 to a D12. If you want to step down, you know, 12 to 10. And you, you use plot points to do that, which are discussed down later You can. On. Yeah, we'll talk about those in just a second. Hitches and blotches. Let's talk about hitches. Hitches, and this is where I think I really like the fact that you don't really want to have a really large dice pool because of the fact that you, you're more apt to roll ones with it. Right. And ones count bad. as zero. Ba basically, are ones bad. are like are, are really bad. Ones are bad. Um, so when a die result comes up as a one, it's called a hitch. And you okay. don't include that with your your character with your uh, score. You hold that aside, and the narrator comes up with something that uh, you know kind of trips you up or or has something negative that that happens. Uh, it basically gives them an opportunity. Um, if all of your dice come up ones, then that's basically a botch, and that's <laughs> boy, are you hooped? Yeah. That's bad. That, that's that's very like bad. that's like a really bad critical fail. Like that's really really bad. When you drop your weapon and accidentally stab one of your friends. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
So in, in this case, it shows it shows the dice pool where if you rolled, if you had two two d sixes, you they both ro rolled ones, then that's you know a botch. That's a zero. That's an epic fail. Uh, here you have a d6, a d8, and a d or yeah, d6, d8, d12, and say you rolled a d1 on your on your 12, and of course that doesn't apply. Um, it gets taken out of the, the uh, you basically equation. can't use that dice for your total. Exactly. exactly. It just eliminates it altogether. Uh, the other thing that comes in uh, are plot points. Uh, these are kind of like story points if if you've ever played any kind of like the alien RPG and all that. Um, but uh, they are, are there a way for players to affect the tale beyond the roll of the dice or their own choices? Plot points can give yourself uh, more. Uh, let me get this out of the way here. I can't. I don't know how. There we go. Oh no, maybe I can't. Look at him. Watch Little arrow next Doug to the table of contents. It. I think. Is it? There we go. Um, <laughs> sorry. Thank you. Uh, so basically, the plot points uh, give yourself more dice for your dice pool. Uh, they make your dice more powerful. Like Jason step, said, you can step them up. Uh, or you can activate certain traits or uh, trait special effects for your on your character journal. Very cool. There's a way to basically keep track of them. You can use, like, dash marks, or you can use, like... You know, it doesn't sound like there's any good way to step a dice down or a good reason to, but there's right. actually in the mechanics of the rules, there are lots of reasons why you might want to step a die yeah. down because lots of things are based on the number of sides of the die, which is, uh, it's a little bit, like I said, it's a tiny bit complicated to grab, to wrap around your head, but it's like, as I said in the chat, it's probably easier in practice when you're actually rolling the dice than it is to actually think about it. Absolutely, absolutely, and that's kind of one one thing that uh, you know it did take me a couple of read throughs to go. Oh, okay. There, there's a couple points in this book where I'm like, wait a minute, that didn't really make sense, and then I had to go back and read it over again. I'm like, oh, okay, okay, that that makes a little more yeah. sense now. Um, can can I yeah. say something that is sure. mildly off topic? Sure. <laughs> it's it's kind of on topic. It's about the layout. <laughs> it's about the layout of the book and one of my personal um, game design pet peeves. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, I was reading, like skimming over the the free rules that they have available on the website that mm -hmm. she provided while we were talking about this. And one of the things I noticed is that they use a lot of color coding for explaining how the dice mechanics work. Right. And that always throws up a flag for me of like, oh no, color coding, because a lot of times if things are color coded, if someone is colorblind, they sure. are not going to make any sense to them. But, and that's just something game designers please be very conscientious about color coding anything in your game, either sure. provide an alternative or make sure that your colors are also very value distinct. And that was the thing that I was going to bring up. I don't know if I'm allowed to share a screen or not, Doug, you're the one with the power. Am I allowed um, to share a screen? Yeah, you can share a screen. Can you, can you bring, yeah, it, I know bring how it, it in? I'll take a look. I, I'll, uh, he I'll just has it. to approve it. Cause he's, you know, okay. like, he's a, yeah, he's, he has the power. He's That's why he, I was yeah. like, Okay, so <laughs> I threw the I threw the little color dye reference chart into Photoshop and and put it into mm -hmm, changed mm -hmm. it to gray and you can see I was concerned about the blue and green because blue green color blindness is extremely common, but you can see that the blue and the green are actually very distinct tones from each nice. other. So mm, very cool. This color coding system will actually still work for nice. people who are colorblind. So that was some really. That yeah, that, that was some the, some really good conscientious uh, design in their book, and, like, and I appreciate that. Like I said, I they're they're really on top of their game for for they, what they're well, putting out. 
they deal a lot in this book with disability or the books right in yes. the show with disability That's, so i'm not a, surprised that that might have been too. a consideration yeah. like mm-hmm. it, it comes up frequently sure mm-hmm. uh let's go back to here and take a look so the other thing that uh, you can get is um I, I like this stress mechanic where it's basically like <laughs> having um it's of course it's, it's, if, if you're not you know it's not like the alien rpg at all but it's it, it is uh, <laughs> if a, a face hugger shows up you've yeah. gone too far <laughs> uh, there are different Sometimes types of gone stress. horribly wrong uh there's different types of stress and basically if you get stressed out like on a certain uh certain type like once you go over like a d12 because basically when you become stressed like that character whenever they roll they give like the narrator another die that kind of increases their chances on a better on a better outcome uh so i really like that aspect of of this stress mechanic but basically Mm. if you the more stressed out you get the better the die like increases so once you get to the end yeah for the for the for the yeah for the uh, the, for the narrator, yeah, we call it a narrator, don't the narrator. you? Um, <laughs> which I thought was a really, really clever, really clever mechanic. And, and it is. Once, and once it's very storytelling centered. That's what I liked about that. Right. And, like, and once you get to that D twelve, if you go any higher, your character is basically like out of commission. Like it's, it's yeah. done. Like you're just seen as a, you're panicked and you you yeah. run away and hide. Uh, which is nice because because I think with this type of game, you don't really want to like. No, it's have, like the nice thing about storytelling. Right. The storytelling mechanics in this game are so heavily intrinsic to the rules that they actually mention a few times. Like, unless the result of a die roll is going to do something really cool or represent something really dangerous, don't even pick the dice up. Just right. tell don't, the story. Don't bother. Like, just don't make going. your players roll to jump a, a five foot gap across a ravine. Like, let them hop across like they would in any other mm-hmm. animated cartoon. Like, if it's a 30 foot jump then yeah sure grab your dice but like don't don't waste time rolling dice and making people just make decisions in dice just tell a cool story so right here it kind of gives you a uh a, a random character sheet um basically you've got your 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 six attributes here uh depending on what how you want to approach the situation you're going to choose one of those six attributes you're going to choose one of the 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 values and uh you know, you got all sorts of values in there. And I love the fact that they give like each of the, the values some sort of like, like why that value is rated the way it is. It, like, like for justice is at great personal cost. I will strive for, for what's right. It just helps you role play that character, uh, you know, even better. Yeah. Um, and they're just talking points, which is great. Right. It's, it's not like a, a 10 line paragraph of, how you should possibly mold your brain around your character. It's just, Hey, this is really basic. Boom, go. <laughs> um, and then, and then once you pick uh, that, you would pick your specialty. So basically you're going to roll, you know, th- like I said, three, three uh, die. Um, uh, yeah, so you get your specialty and then you got, then you got also have distinctions as well. Um, so, oh, and here, here we have, it kind of shows where you can spend hit point, uh, plot points to, uh, like kind of come into the play with the distinctions. So for Hinder, gain one plot point when you switch this out, this, this, this distinctions die rating for a D4. So basically you can use this Moonshadow Elf, like uh, what do they call it, distinction, but yeah. 
you can also use a plot. You can gain a plot point if you want to bring it all the way down from a D8 D8 to a D4. To D4. So and I then you really can use like that, that plot point later on to influence something that you might exactly. need. Like, if it's not super relevant to the fact or to the story you're trying to tell that your character is a moon shadow elf and you think having an extra plot point would be handy, then you say, hey, I'm going to knock my moon shadow elf die down to a D4. Hopefully I don't need to actually use it in play, but I'm going to take advantage of this plot point. Love it. Um, and then, like, and then even gives you fellow humans. I love having <laughs> four fingers and complaining about things. That's one of the best. One of the best things that you're going to see if you watch this is is there's an episode where uh, where Rayla tries to disguise herself as a human, and the moon and the moon all the I think it's all elves actually only yeah. have four fingers, and. Mm. Like there, she's trying to figure out how she's going to fit into town with only four fingers, and she puts on some gloves, and the, the of course the <laughs> pinky finger of the gloves is just flopping around like. Eh. <laughs> That's awesome. It's hilarious. Uh, but yeah, I, I I love the fact that you can gain plot points, you can spend plot plot points with these uh, with these what are they called special distinction distinction. Yeah, and I, the fact that you can like hinder is a. I'm not sure if it's for everyone in the game, but at least on this sample character, like you can, you can, you know, hurt your, hurt your die on everything to gain these plot points. That's a super flexible system. And then it makes for really cool storytelling. If it happened, like uh, for Rayla, actually in, in the area where she's trying to masquerade as a human, she actually gets caught out at one point. And that would be a good example of her using, like saying, okay, I'm going to downgrade my moon elf die by putting this disguise on and acting like a human. And then mm-hmm. she ends up getting exposed as uh, a moon a moon shadow elf, and anything she's going to use her moon shadow abilities for is suddenly a D four instead of a D eight. Yep. Right. So if she's got to roll dice, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. Uh so the next chapter after that is Gazetteer. Uh, yeah, Gazetteer of uh, Zadia. It just kind of gives you a timeline of events. Gives you more. Just gives you a whole bunch of different lore cool. and like you said at the beginning it's a lot deeper than you would give it credit for for being a kid's show exactly, like, if, exactly. The, if the world of avatar interested you at all the world of dragon prince will definitely interest you um and then it goes i mean like you can see i'm just scrolling through all these different like sub chapters mm-hmm. or sections like that, that you could this, read about this is what really separates most RPG books aside from other ones is the attention to the world building and the detail. Mm-hmm. And if you're include like they very easily could have just said, if you're buying this, you're probably already familiar with Tales of Zadia. Mm-hmm. We don't need to explain everything for you. Cut the book by 50 pages and and put out you know a lot of what, work. What what would be a, a mediocre product? Um, yeah. But if you're putting all this stuff in, it allows so many more people to to get into the world and get into the the genre, and and just experience it more richly and and in depth. And that's well, that's really cool. And it's it's fun too because even if you watch the show, like a lot of these like places and creatures and everything else, like you you encounter these in passing or they're never mm. like named or anything. Like they mm-hmm. just you see them walk through a scene <laughs> one, and now one time. <laughs> Right. If you're a fan, you get to have this like enriched appreciation of what is actually in this world now. I 
going back to to what uh, what what uh, kind of Ben's Ben's uh, statement here just a second ago, I love how this book like sells the show as much as the show sells this RPG. Like mm-hmm. that's there's a good relationship there, like between the the IP creator, uh, you know, in the content and the IP holder that that has the license. Like there's just a you can just tell there's a great relationship there between the two, and and you can like one like like I said, I I didn't really have any any like drive to sit down and watch this show until I read this book. But now that now that I, I have folks that, that or I have friends that, that, that have said, hey, you know, I've watched this show and I kind of want to I want to play the RPG now. Like that makes me feel good that like, OK, yeah, I'm glad I invested in this because not only does it, is, are they excited for this, but I'm excited to watch the show. So that, that just gives you a good. I if know, I had just, known that this was the Avatar guys right out of the gate. Right. I would have been watching this from the beginning. Mm. Oh, really? The okay. moment I realized this was the people who did Avatar, that was when I knew I was going to watch this show. So uh, the next chapter, chapter four, is Player's Guide. It kind of goes over. That's another thing that this book does really good is character creation. It just shows you how to create a character, uh, walks you right through it. Um, you know, you can do a pre-made or original. Basically, you probably want to, I mean, they do have pre-made characters that you can play if you want to just kind of pick up and play. Um, but they, they do encourage you to kind of make your own and, and create your own uh, person in or character in, in I didn't, this world. This is, this is where I actually stopped reading, so I'm kind of curious about this section just for, like, when you're, like, if you look at the Moonshadow Elf stuff, uh, that's yep. that's basically or that's basically what they call a, a cultural background, I guess. Um, but I'm wondering, like, for each like uh, for each of those abilities where it says justice and it and they had that little blurb underneath that, mm-hmm. are the, is that is that a list you're going to pick from or is that something you're going to write down yourself as you're creating the character? So uh, let's go here. Let's just go to justice. So it's going to give you. So also, have you ever been you, compelled to oh, fix yeah. what's wrong? This value is about balance, virtue, and reward. You're motivated by adherence to fairness and what you think is right. This is one of you know. So I. I guess it's it's some it's a statement that you it's, have to kind of come it's up with. It's something you yeah, so that's kind of cool actually because it's it's yep. it's basically like core values for your character. Yep. Which is kind of cool. Um so again you go through, you know, your your attributes, your values, you give them I, there's uh You know, you only have so many set points of, of dice to in order to assign to the. Those I was values really surprised by how many values there are actually to ha- to assign mm-hmm. abilities and stuff too. Mm-hmm. Like, I was I was not expecting a system with this many stat. Well, not, I don't want to call them stats, but uh, with this many things that actually have a specific game affecting value, like with a die. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, let's see here. Uh, distinctions, quirks. I like that. This is kind of like a. It's kind of like a like a flaw or something that that, that it, I love. I love it when uh, you know character when character creation has some sort of flaw or quirk uh, that it makes you kind of uh, create for your character. It just kind of adds more to the whole story uh, story aspect. Um, and then one of the things that you can do when you roll your effect die and you have a, like a really great result on your like if you roll like a high your 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 effect die is like a high value die um either like a d12 d10 
D8 kind of, it gives you an asset. And, and the assets are sometimes hmm. uh, just like a one-time thing or like a couple times, or like a scene thing, or it might be just an ongoing thing depending on hmm. uh, on something. It's kind of like, I, I almost equate it kind of like the, the polyhedral dice in Forbidden Lands where like the higher the, the polyhedral, the more powerful it is. So, uh, you know, your, your D6 is going to be something helpful in every day. Uh, something that you've grown accustomed to. D D8 is something special and interesting that you have a strong connection to. D10 is something rare and potent uh, and, and that you are defined by. And then some D12 is something that you're really, really unique and powerful. So uh, I really like that aspect of it that, uh, you know, that, that, that kind that's of the, cool. the asset that's a D12 is going to be something pretty rare um, right. that, that you're mm -hmm. not going to really come across very, very often. But, you know, Something you know, finding a D D six item is probably what you're gonna gonna find more often than not. Right. You know, that's D6 really cool. Probably. I like that. Yeah. Well, like a D six item is like a tool or something. Yeah. You know. Like... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's go through here. So it kind of gives you helpful tools as to what you can do. Yeah. Helpful, friendly creatures. I love that. Like, come that, on. That 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 glow toad is just a menace to society. <laughs> that every time, almost every episode I've watched, I'm like, you know, it's a good thing that I'm not in this group because that glow toad would have gone missing. Episodes ago. <laughs> he's he's literally the cause of ninety percent of their problems. <laughs> I mean, it's a. It's not that he's the cause of the problems. It's like it, that's like saying that like Jonesy was the cause of the problems in Alien. It's like no, it's the fact <laughs> right, that Ripley right. didn't just friggin' leave him. That's the problem. Yeah, that is, yeah. <laughs> uh, I and I also love this like relationship asset like aspect. So you can like your connection to people and places in the world of Zeta often results from spending time with them or in. Or, or in them, you can create relationship aspects by spending your growth dice. Uh, that's just a really cool aspect of uh, of character creation and, yeah, like, and that too. like aspect of this whole aspect, uh, you know, mechanic. Yeah, like anything that encourages you to to role play, and mm -hmm. then gives you an in game benefit from that, other than just depth of character. That's really yeah. cool because a lot of people these days. You know, as much as people like to play games that are narrative driven and stuff like that, they still want their advantages. They still want their bonuses. They still want their doodads that do cool things. So this way they've kind of baked it into role playing. Yep. Mm -hmm. So like you actually will gain a benefit that actually has a tangible value because you spent some time possibly, you know, getting to know one of your fellow players better in character. That's really a cool mechanic. Yeah, that, that is very cool. Um, I know we talked a little bit about stress earlier, but this kind of gives you rules on how to recover stress. Uh, so uh, you can recover stress. Uh, Hide stress from the aliens. When, <laughs> when your PC <laughs> has time to rest or recuperate or gain the benefits of medicine. Uh, you can also gain, you can also step down your stress die by spending a plot point. Um, and uh, yeah, I, that's a, that's a really good option too, actually, because I, I'm like, I just, skimming through the rules i was like you know you're gonna accumulate probably i would say three to four to five plot points as you play a session i would imagine if you're playing for like two to three hours or whatever so being able to just say okay you know what the stress is going to be the end of my character or the end of the party or something terrible is going to happen <laughs> so i'm just going to blow a plot point Spend right it, now yeah. and, and knock some down like just to just to put it out of the way because there's lots of like 
even even in games like Alien, where it's all tension and suspense, and oh my god, are we gonna make it to the next room? Yeah. Like, if if you put a mechanic like that in Zadia, it wouldn't work well, mm. because you need the opportunity to just say, okay, I'm just gonna stop and do a woosah <laughs> and move on. <laughs> before we go too far, and I, before I forget, like. I know we're showing off the the digital tool set of of the Tales of Zadia when you buy the the physical product, or when you just buy the 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 uh, the digital tool set online. Um, but I don't know if you can see up in the upper right hand corner. There's actually a link. Like you can push that little. You can click on that little PDF, and it actually loads the PDF of the the rule book in there. So you, not only do you have this digital tool set, but you also get the PDF of the book. So nice. You, you know, again. Not something that they have to, you know, give you because they're giving you all the information right mm -hmm. here with the digital tool set. But it's just here. Here's another added value right there. So I, I'm. Yeah, again, well, it's it's nice too because it supports a lot of different styles of interacting with with material. So if you exactly. prefer to have a a paper book that you can flip through, they have that option mm -hmm. for you. If you like this kind of website wiki style layout. Mm -hmm then you can do that. And if you just want to put your PDF on an e-reader, you can do that. So that's all like, it's nice that you have all those options because those options all work better for different people. For and different you don't reasons. have to buy them all separately. And you don't right. have to buy them right. all separately. Right. That's what I'm one time. <laughs> Looking at you wizards of the coast. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and, and also I'll tell you that the, the digital implementation of this uh, these digital uh, tools is again super super well done. Like you could actually just play it on your on your phone if you wanted to. It even has like a digital dice roll. Like there's a dice roller in nice in this. Like if you wanted to to yeah, mm -hmm. and you could oh, you cool. story characters. It. It's right on. Oh wow, yeah. Well, that makes yeah. sense since this is done by fandom. But that's just really cool that all those are right there. Yeah, and like. It's free, so like, yeah, right, right. Even so if you if bought the physical copy of the book and you haven't redeemed any of your PDFs or or stuff, you just pop on here and 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 use it. Or you have Super. that like one person in your in your player group who's just like, I'm not buying this book. It's just not happening. It's like, all right, well, you can still participate. <laughs> yep. Super I'm just gonna clever. roll dice the rest of the night. This is fun. It's <laughs> the dice roll. I haven't. I don't think I've ever used the dice roller on this website. It, it's got full it 3D uh, nice. uh, use. They bounce yeah. around your, just your like, screen. Yeah. It's just like D&D like, Beyond. Yeah, ooh, yeah. Ooh, they, ooh, that's fun. They scatter right. all over the place, so you get that sort of you get I'm that sort of that endorphin rush fun. of ooh, look at the dice go. <laughs> yeah, now it's well and done. The cool thing is, is it doesn't give you the results of your roll until the dice actually stop rolling. Oh, that's cool. I, I when I first <gasps> used D and D Beyond, they didn't do All that. Right. Now, you now click on the dice rolling. Effects. This yeah. is fun. Now, yeah, <laughs> now, see, we're supposed to be doing a show here, guys. We're not. No. I know. I want to roll the dice roller, but I'm. I, I want <laughs> credit for the fact that I'm not the one who derailed us. I know. You're not. You're not. So it just kind of tells you a little bit more about the mechanics. Uh, this, uh, let's see here. There are three different types of, there's three, there's three types of problems, tests, contests, and challenges. Uh, tests are basically, if you want to do something, you roll, you, you roll your dice pool and you have to hit like a target number. Contests are usually like when you're, you're opposed, you're opposed mm. and yeah. then challenges are usually like something that's ongoing. So 
basically there there might be a situation where where something challenges is... are like puzzle solving yeah where mm-hmm. you're like the room is flooding with water and we need to figure out this puzzle you roll your dice oh we didn't make it this round but you made progress exactly. so next round you can exactly. roll again which is how most puzzles and most rpgs should really be done don't wait for your players to figure stuff out because they're morons they're not going to do it yeah. <laughs> and i'm i speak as one of the morons it's true and, and it just goes over, you know, I, I know I don't want to make this like a five hour uh, episode, but it, it also goes over, you know, examples of, of so much statements and questions. I'm telling you, there is they've done a great job so with this good. product. Yeah. So it's very book. comprehensive. Yeah. It's really good. It really and, and and I love how it's laid out. So if like even if you don't want if you're just like, oh, I want to click on this and see what let's talk about scenes. Let's see what scenes are all about. And. You know, it takes a minute for because my computer's slow, but like, okay, oh, this is what scenes are. Cool. Like I pew, pew, again, fandom tabletop. You're you're just hitting out of the park. This is this is this is nice. I I I specifically didn't do the homework like yep. uh, like Jason did because <laughs> uh, I wanted to come into this with a completely blank slate. As I said I, yesterday I, in the group chat, I, I was... have zero interest in this game. And I have yeah. interest in this game now. After oh, the past cool. hour yes, of yes, yes. So. I was this. I was going to do the same thing, Ben. I was like, you know what? I really, I'm not going to lie. I don't really like the Cortex rule system. I don't. What? I know it's going to cheese Doug off, but um, I don't. And I was like, you know what? I don't. I'm, I don't plan to do. Yeah, you can stare at me all you want. I don't plan to do. I didn't plan to do any of the homework. And then I saw, oh my god, the guys who did Avatar did this. I have yep. to watch the show. And while I was watching the show. I had my phone open and I was flipping around through fandom a bit and I started reading a bit of the rules. And like I said in the chat, while I found the, the, uh, the concepts are kind of clunky in reading, but like Amanda also mentioned, it's less likely to be clunky when you actually roll the dice. Right. right Some right. stuff is just difficult to explain. A lot of, but yeah, when a lot you of it will it, fall away like really when smooth. you, yeah. 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 And as I was reading the storytelling concepts, like what you were just talking about, like how you go back and forth with your with your players and the opposed role idea, I think, is um, uh, probably one of the best mechanics they've introduced to role playing in a long time, because that means your GM <laughs> um, gets to roll. No, they're not. in. I don't I don't care, Doug. I don't care. <laughs> they get to roll dice and then you get to roll dice in opposition, yep. not so much to the GM, but to the adversary. Mm-hmm. And that it's it's not just the the GM is behind his screen ticking down health points as you roll dice. It's hey, you want to beat this guy in a fancy sword move? You roll your dice, I'll roll my dice, and whoever wins wins, and you get to describe what happens. And there's yes. there's very little there's there's little to nothing about you know constantly ticking down health points and uh, how to track damage and stuff like that. Like the combat right. aspects of this game are all narrative. Oh, absolutely. And I'm, I'm glad they went almost 90% that way to the point of all combat is descriptive because, and even if you get a player at the table who, who doesn't really like to say anything like with a fancy flourish or whatever, and they just want to say, okay, I'm going to attack this guy right in front of me. Okay, cool. I'm going to roll. Uh, you, you need to beat this target if you want to hit him. Okay. Well, I roll my dice. I beat the target. And then the the GM, I almost said it. <laughs> uh, the, It'll the, grow on you. You'll get there. And then they'll wait like a, like a fungus, Ben. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so then the, then the narrator just says, okay, you know, you've, str- you've struck the guy and this is what happens to him. And then you move on from there. And then it's up to the, it's up to the GM to decide, hey, okay, they've scored enough. They've scored enough hits, enough touches or whatever. 
let's call it a day. You know, the bad guy falls down, you succeed. Huzzah. You know, handshakes all around. <laughs> I'm just looking through. Okay, so, of course, they, they have a whole section on using magic in this book. Um, let me just, we'll just kind of go over the last few sections just really briefly. Uh, you got your narrator's guide, which is your GM's guide, of course. Um, so if like like we said, this is a fully full game. So any everything you full? need to it's a fully full game. Extra you, full. Everything you All need there. is this book right here. So you don't like, need anything I mean, else. One no, like, just just yeah, the book. The one book. Right. It's full. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. I so it just kind of I'm just gonna scroll through. You've got and that. The, one of the very first things they recommend in the GM section mm-hmm. is get some rest yeah i saw that go, yeah, go, yeah. go go into it prepared don't be exhausted don't be tired don't be rushing mm-hmm. like that's not how you want to play you want to you want to come from a place of having fun instead of panic <laughs> um resting i don't know what that means i don't know like getting a lot of rest we know i know i, I um, really like the fact they've given all of the 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 ncs and the pcs here their pronouns as well, mm. like right in their title. Yep. Um, and, and I know that some of them have they, them. Uh, and as someone who is not familiar with the setting at all, having even just that little bit of reference is great. And it shows a wonderful uh, attention to diversity and, and everything with the game as well. So um, is there anything in the rules for disability? Because they, they, they have so much display of it in the game. I was wondering. I don't think so. I don't. That, would, I, this that is, seems like it'd be a weird oversight since that is a pretty big thing. In yeah, the I'm, I'm trying to think like what I, I um, haven't I haven't seen anything. Of course, this is the part of the book that I didn't really dive into all that that much. So yeah. I, I don't know. Um, it wouldn't surprise me. Let's put it that way. They're really like, again, just, it was I was just, very, I was very impressed with how they handled it every single time. It was it was really well handled every time. Yeah. Um. I'm just kind of just going out oh, and then they've got the tale of the corrupted core, which is, I guess is a, an introduction like adventure. Um, and they there's have a lot of, there's a lot of alliteration. <laughs> in addition to like the, the adventure that's in the actual book itself, they've got two other tales right on their website uh, for you to, oh, nice. for you to look at and go through. And, you know, they're not super long, but they're not that short either. It's, they're really supporting this um, from a let people look at this product and see yep. it is a good product. And and knowing that they have that level of product on their hands, people are going to spend money for it after they take a look at it. I, I really feel that way. I mean, this is like their first IP game because they, they launched with Cortex. So like that was kind of a handbook just to kind of get people playing the system and, and and just getting and so i think they're really doing a great job of showing folks hey this is what we're capable of this is the type of products that we're going to be putting out like kind of like hey pay attention to us we're we want to make a splash here and, and they're they're succeeding which mm. is really great to see yeah definitely mm. um, i think it's also hard. It, it really helps that this is a storytelling based system Yep. Uh, because we have quite a few of those now. There's lots of storytelling-based games out there, but what we really need is one to have mass market appeal. Yes. yes um, we do. Powered by the Apocalypse, while being a great system, 
Uh, a lot of people are so used to playing it with things like Blades in the Dark or like noir games or something like that. Like there's not a lot of super light and fluffy powered by the apocalypse expansions at this. Well, there's a few, but not a great mm-hmm. many of them yet. A lot of it, it's just grim, dark role playing in a lot of the cases. So to have something like this, which can have a lot of depth in the, in the story itself and can add, deal with some very, I don't know, intense subject matter. They do it in a way that it doesn't leave you like, Oh wow, that was really intense. I'm going to need a couple mm. of days to unwind from that. You know, you're going to go home probably from a game of this, just laughing your butt off, talking about the silly <laughs> things you did right. or the goofy ass, the goofy problems you had. Yeah. Uh, Jason's correct. Actually monster of the week is, is a good example of a lighter version of Absolutely. powered by the apocalypse. Absolutely. There's a few things out there, but they, they really, we need something mass market to draw people to that audience more so. And as good as monster of the week is, and as widely known as it is amongst a lot of, uh, I don't want to say hardcore role players, but involved role players, I guess is a good way to say it. Um, it doesn't have the mass market appeal yet. So right. they need something like this, which is going to reach kids and hopefully through their kids, their parents to bring them into that sort of storytelling. And then they can say afterwards, like, Hey, you know what? My kids and I had fun with this. My buddies that I drink beer and have pretzels with every Friday night want to do something. So then they could pick up something like Blades in the Dark or that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, the, the last few sections of the book are the appendix, which is really vast. It was it, it's a lot of like they. Yeah, they give you everything on there. And then let's just go through the credits, because I think there's a lot of folks that need to be acknowledged. On this. Is, there a, is, there a, is there a scene after the credits? Uh, <laughs> there's not. Damn. <laughs> uh, so Cam, Cam Banks, and Dan Telfer are the uh, the writers, and of course the rule design development is Cam uh, Banks. Uh, looks like there's uh, Adam Bradford and Millie Duchette. Duchette, I think is the that's how you pronounce it. Duchette uh, is the last name. Uh, I could read it all, you know. Please don't. But I won't. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say there are a just, lot of people, and they all did a great job. They did this a great a job. Five hour thing, just you reading the credits. Exactly, and and we don't have any like, you know, bonus scenes after the credits to, like you said. But yeah, just wait, 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 wait. Go, go open really? that back up. Yeah, you, I want to read the special the thing. part. Yeah, I want to read the special thing. Really cool. You guys, are going there was something about he's, chickens he's the, and kittens yeah. in there. He's the guy who's going to get us in the middle of the credits and walk this away. This is the chickens, foster kittens, snakes, French bulldogs, and cats, both sweet and sassy, that helped and hindered us along the way. Aww. 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 There's a lot of them. Meow, young, fat. What is this named? Lawnmower. Imperator Furiosa. I love it. Tortellini. But not Penzi. She knows what she did. That's great. I love it. Perfect. See, I this is it. why you gotta you gotta read the credits. Exactly. Yeah, it's almost like asked. having your own like little uh, post credit scene right there. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Oh, that's cool. They had Amy Dolan and Trisha Hershberger and all those guys do um, a game of it apparently nice. on their Twitch channel. That's Very fun. Cool. I did not know that. I'll have to check that out. Fandom, big props. Can't wait to see what else you put out. I know you're doing Legends of Grayskull. I for one. We'll order as soon as you make it available for pre-order, just based on this book alone. Um, Dude, if you, you, you already have the book. What are you talking about? Legends of Grayskull? Oh, sorry. I didn't realize you were talking about Legends of Grayskull. No, no, no. no. Like, they, <laughs> they've got that coming, too. Which, which Yeah, it's a different book. Um, right I, I will get, I will, like I said, I will order that as soon as it becomes available. Like they've got, they've got an automatic purchase for me uh, with that. 
um, just based on this alone. Um, there's been so many games that 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 you, that get put out that people say, "Hey, we've got this upcoming game," and then you get one of their games in, and you're like, oh, "I'm not so I'm not as excited now for this other game that they've got coming." This is just the opposite. This has me even more pumped for for Legends of Grayskull. I can't, I can't wait to see what they do with that IP. I can't wait to see what other IPs they might get too, because man, if they're doing doing this good with you know a Netflix show, like I, I, I'm not that not that I'm saying that the, the, the Dragon Prince imagine, isn't like it. Imagine what they could do with an Amazon Prime show. Im, imagine what, what they what could I'm, do I, with like something that's super super huge in the pop culture like sphere. Like I know the Dragon Prince is is, is popular too. I'm not saying I'm not trying to discredit the show at all, but I, I'm just saying that like. <sighs> Imagine what they can do with something that's super popular with 40-year-olds. Right. <laughs> right? Is what Doug's trying to say. That's kind of what I'm saying. <laughs> but not really. Not really. I, I would love to see like them get their hands on something that just kind of just even elevates them like super high. You know the actual we play saw, of Legend we... of Grayskull I would watch? It would be uh, Mark Hamill and Kevin Smith. <laughs> and all of those all, all right. of those guys that were big on he-man uh, when it came back i would love I mean, to see all of them do that we we, we kind of saw it with with uh free league when, when they got alien it kind of propelled them up to another uh, another level yeah um, it really it I, a lot of i attention, would love yeah. to see this fandom have the same success because i think that they could just knock it out of the park they're they're just doing some phenomenal stuff there are lots of cool kids franchise well not just kids franchises but lots of cool things in the same vein as tales of zadia yeah like even even actually the tales games on uh on playstation and steam uh tales of symphonia and stuff like that uh tales of berseria like all of the tales franchise would probably make really cool cortex games sure absolutely all right we went over our hour minute, our hour limit by uh, by ten minutes. Uh, I tried so to I stop you and everything. Thank you for that. She did. I, I <laughs> she really that. did. But I really wanted to devote a, a good chunk of time. I didn't want to feel rushed because I this is a great product, folks, and and it's well worth the the if you can if if you have a friendly local game store, ask them to order it for you, um, have them bring it in because not only like I said, not only do you get the physical aspect of this game, but you get the digital tool set and the PDF, like automatically, as soon as you buy it, it's in the book, like right in that cover. Like that's some huge value right there. Like I, I love that aspect and it's well, super, super, super well done and props to, to fandom for, for just doing that. Um, so yeah. Uh, let's talk. Uh, if you, let's say that uh, if you would like to see an actual play of, uh, of this game on the show, uh, let us know in the comments. Hit that like button down below, too. And let us know if you'd like to see an actual play. Uh, we might be able to make that happen. Um, if you're a fan and if you've watched all this way, I greatly, greatly appreciate that. We do these these shows for you and for our community. And, and uh, we're just so glad that uh, we have uh, this outlet to, 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 to reach everyone. And uh, I'm going to tell you that if you would like to support the show you can you can actually go to our sponsors our sponsor black moon games and if you're in the northeast uh, go to shop-black-moon.com and uh, order something from them and and uh, black moon games uh, is uh, is a sponsor you can also 
become a patron on our Patreon as well. But uh, if you would, if you're looking to, to pick up any gaming items, uh, go to shop dash black dash moon.com. I keep threatening Tony that I'm going to order something one day and make him ship it to me. You should. He, you should. He's, he's always just, like, I'll do it. If, just, you, if you're willing to pay the shipping, I'll do it. Right? He'll just cancel the sale. He'll just be like, I'm not doing that. Boom. Right. <laughs> I'll, order like a, I'll order like a like a two cent thing or something. No. All right, folks. Thank you so much for being a part of this uh, session. Thank you to Amanda, to Ben, to Jason for, for uh, adding to this. I'm so excited that you, you guys are as... Uh, I, I turned you around on your stance on this game because I, I think what? it's... Uh, oh, yeah, I don't like the system. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh. thank, you to, thank you to Ben for changing his stance on uh, on this game. And uh, Jason is removed. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jason, you're gonna, you know what you're going to have to do, right? What? Like, if we do an actual play of this game, you're, you're going to have to come on and play it. And, and, I'm, and what, be the curmudgeon Bumped no, at the we're, back, we're refusing we're to do anything. <laughs> gonna have to change your stance on this because I, I really, I really love this system, and I think it's, uh, I think it's the next like system to kind of just take off as far as for uh, for creators and for uh, you know systems, and like I said, for for fandom, I think it's gonna, I think they've got some really big years in, the, in the coming up here soon, especially now that they got all that. What is it? One hundred and forty three point six million dollars. <laughs> All that sweet Watsy money. After after they buy Cam that uh, Lamborghini that he's gonna mm -hmm. like yeah. show up to conventions in. So, <laughs> all right, folks, thank you so much for joining us. This is uh, great having you all. Remember, winning shouldn't be the only victory condition when you get to the table. We'll see you all next time. We've got a lot of actual plays coming up this month and some interviews that uh, I have not announced. Which, if you're a patron, you'll hear about them first. All right, talk to you later. Bye. Thanks so much for watching this video. Uh, if you would be so kind, make sure you hit that like, comment, and subscribe, all the YouTube jazz that we have to do here. Uh, it really is greatly appreciated. And if you'd like to support us more, uh, you can uh, check us out on Patreon. Just go to patreon.com backslash victorycondition gaming.